kept that one really short, Elliot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't even throw to me. <laughs> <laughs>Hello, welcome back to Hattrick. I'm Jordan Eller Coltman, joined by Braden Eller Coltman and Elliot Tanti. We are back. We took last week off. Prior to that, we had two weeks in a row where it was just Elliot and I. It was very cozy, very comfortable. But two unfortunately, yeah, Braden is back in the saddle. Um, he, he did 42 shows this week of Christmas Carol at the Citadel. <laughs> I, I guess they just, with COVID, they, they have to do it with Pumping one it member out. of the audience at a time. Right. So they bring them in one at a time. And then they do the full two-hour show, and they bring in another audience member. It must be exhausting, Braden. How are you holding up? It's like photos with Santa, but uh, just a million. You're just—it's a sweat. You're just pumping them out. <laughs> I'm doing great. great. Oh well, we're so excited to have you back. I'm we glad really to be him. back. Yeah. No, Elliot had. Uh, Elliot didn't know. You know, he didn't know what to say last week because he just had no one, uh, no, no foil to push him back on. We've got some fun topics this week. I don't know if they're fun or not, but we'll have some fun. We are going to play one of our favorite games here on the show just to get us back uh, into the, you know, the Christmas season is upon us here as we move into December. This is our first show of the month of December, and uh, as we wind down 2021, you know, we're getting ready to start to review some of the the stories of the year. We're not going to do that this week because we've got some news. Uh, we got to get to, and we will do that right now. Here we go with topic one. All right, first up, we, we have some breaking news this evening. We're recording this Sunday night. This will obviously come out Monday morning, so many more parts of this story will have unfolded by the time you listen to this. But uh, very rarely, I think, on Sunday nights do we get to break news or be a part of the breaking news as it's happening. So we're kind of giving our first thoughts on something that will, we will obviously be um, digested and, and, and dissected over the, the coming days here. But um, the Canucks... We talked about Elliot a couple of weeks ago, you and I, uh, we had a good long conversation about what on earth uh, was going to happen here in Vancouver with just, you know, what was devolving into a very untenable situation. Fans very uh, unhappy. Um, the team not doing well. I believe they lost seven of the last 10, pretty much what we expected. Elliot Friedman and then uh, eventually uh, Farhan Lalji here in Vancouver breaking the news that first there was a coaching change. So head coach uh, Travis Green was fired. He'd been relieved of his duties along with assistant coach Noel Baumgartner. Uh, he was replaced by uh, Travis Green was replaced as head coach immediately by Bruce Boudreau, previously uh, coach of the Minnesota Wild, the Washington Capitals. I think he was at the Ducks at one point. So a veteran of the NHL, uh, he will take over um as the new head coach of the Vancouver Canucks, along with an assistant coach who takes the place of Noel Baumgartner, and that's Scott Walker. Uh, and then only a couple hours, or if it was even that long, after that um, news breaking that the general manager, uh, Jim Benning, had also been relieved of his duties, along with assistant general manager, uh, John Wesbrod. So uh, I think at this point, it looks like someone internal will take that job as an interim manager. I'm sure that in the coming days or weeks, they'll start to move towards changing that to be a more permanent thing. Although, you know, as we talked about on the last show, sometimes general managers mid-season, what do you really have to do until the trade deadline? So at this point, I think they're going to kind of try to do it by committee. It looks like the Sedins are involved. Stan Smeal apparently is still involved with the organization. Um, it's starting to feel a little bit like it was like for the Oilers uh, in those years where they were a little bit rudderless, where every once in a while they just called in some old veteran players and said, help. Uh, and so I think, well, that's as long an intro as I need to give it because we really did dig into it before. I'll go to Elliot first. We predicted this. We kind of called this, um, but so did everybody else. It was it was getting pretty ugly out here. Fans were booing, chanting for you know Benning to be fired and all that. Um, 
obviously we saw this coming, but now that it's happened, what are your first thoughts on, uh, on the news? Well, I was sort of kind of confused. I texted you before the show and said, so is Benning gone? Is it just Travis Green? What's going on here? They've sort of bungled this in terms of their announcement talking through. Yeah, and- the Canucks still technically have not announced any of this. This is all just reporting from, I mean, very reputable sources. But- oh, of course, it's confirmed. I don't think Elliot Friedman and, and certainly Farhan Lodge would be reporting it out if it wasn't the truth. I don't want to suggest that. What I'm right. saying is that I think there's a difference between just Travis Green and Travis Green and Jim Benning as well, too. Because if it's just Travis Green, you're giving him a, a one more coach to sort of figure this out. Whereas now, uh, Jim Benning is is gone. <clears throat> Did we see this coming? Absolutely. Has this situation been complicated by other events going on in the league, particularly Montreal? I think so. There's now three franchises looking for a general manager in the NHL right now, and two Canadian franchises, which makes things. Um, uh, super complex and so there's going to be if you're going to go out there and get the best possible candidate right now you need to do this because someone else is going to pick them up and so I, I have you have to think that that's sort of informed some of the decision making being made by uh, the Canucks uh, at this point um, I also think this signals that the season is a write-off and that the message moving forward is that players are playing for jobs um, Although Boos Brudro does have a sort of reputation of being able to turn around teams that have the right pieces, but or really highly skilled pieces and make them into contenders. So that's my question to you guys is sort of what's the impact of Boos Brudro in this? He signed a two-year contract to coach this team. He's obviously there. Uh, the, the new uh, GM will have to come in and just accept that he's the head coach, which is sort of weird. Generally, they want to bring in their own person. Uh, so he does have some leeway to sort of make this work. And, and, I, and I'm sort of interested to see if is, the, is there a chance that they're turning this around or is this just sort of this is it. We're calling it. We're past American Thanksgiving. We're seventh in the uh, or we're bottom of the Pacific. We're not bottom, bottom, but doing poorly in the Pacific. Uh, and this is the year we're looking for next year. Yeah, Braden, thoughts as uh, as this news came out today? We're Oilers fans. We're we're pretty used we're used to this uh, experience of of getting a new coach after a season kind of goes dismal. Um, what's weird to me though is like it it doesn't feel good, you know. Like, and I'm sure if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan, you are feeling good because you, in a way, made this happen. Like they they were so vocal about wanting change that it just snapped. Like, yeah, but, but and, like and a month ago, the last game it was continuing. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to swallow, letting like letting that be what happened. And I'm just assuming that that's the only thing there. Obviously, the the season isn't going the way that they wanted it to. Um, but for a guy, Travis Green, who got signed to a two year deal back in May, like that's it seems like it's a very quick switch. Um, uh, but I think I think Elliot Boost Brujo is a really great coach. He he's been out for a little bit now. He's had some really great success with with Anaheim, and uh, I mean he was in Anaheim again, a very similar situation. He was in Anaheim immediately after Randy Carlisle got fired, and immediately after he got fired, like it was a very quick change. So I think I think Vancouver sees something here in, in Boost Brujo, and they're just feeling, God, we gotta we gotta do this now. 
you know, they kept kicking the can down the road, hoping it, the problem would just sort of go away and it would get better. You know, we saw, we talked, Elliot and I talked about sort of just the debacle of the, the owner going to the media and asking them to sort of take it easy on them because they felt like it was bad for morale when the truth was that like the fans were just voicing what was bright and blatantly in front of their eyes, that this team was floundering. This team would had success previously. You're right. Like Travis Green got a, got a, a, a new deal in, in, in the off season because last year, you know, was, was uh, a weird COVID year, but prior to that, he'd gotten them deep into the playoffs and it had been going pretty well. This team has underperformed. You know, when you hear, when, when the general manager has to go out in front of the, the, the fans and basically say, yeah, we're sorry, we're not playing well, but I think that it's up to the players to play to their potential. That tells you that there is really, we we've lost the rudder, you know, that the, 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 their only plan, their only way to sort of figure out what happens is just hope that the players sort of pick it up. That means that the coach has lost the room, the coach and the general manager lost the room and now they've lost the fan base. And, and, and the struggle, I think in this city, it turns ugly very, very quickly. This is not the same kind of devoted fan base that a, a team like Edmonton or Toronto has, uh, or even Calgary has, to be honest with you, where, when it goes poorly, the fans stay with them. They are seeing, you know, ticket prices or ticket p- prices on the resale market drop. They're seeing fans not engaged the way that they usually are. There's always yeah. distractions in the city. There's yeah. lots of different things going on. And the Canucks as a business need to be able to, 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 to be, to find success, to survive. And I think that they now realize they, they just waited too long. It'll That's happen. as far as I think yeah. they waited too long to do this. Elliot. But, but I guess it's weird to me. It's sort of like, why would you get rid of Travis Green? Like he's, he's a middling coach. But, like, he's actually had success with the team in the past. And sure enough, you bring in another GM, and he's kind of dead man walking. Generally, a new GM wants to come in and, 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 and make that, you know, hire their guy to be their coach for a team. So, but, okay, but aren't you just putting that GM in the same position now with Bruce Boudreau? Like, that's what confuses me. Like, if you're just going to get rid of Benning, if you think that that's a directional issue, then, then, then you get rid of Benning. But like, you know, either you keep Travis Green and Dead Man Walking. Why would you commit to more money? And you have to pay Bruce Boudreau that second year, even if he doesn't make it through, uh, or, or they replace him with someone else. Like, why would you do it? And Travis Green, like you said, just signed a new deal as well too. They're committing all these resources. Like to me, yeah. that doesn't make sense. I don't know. Well, I There's think I think more here. I think the logic is 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 this. And we did talk about this last or the last time we spoke about this. I think it's it's pretty obvious that the only real thing. The only real job change that has like an actual impact on the day-to-day success or failure of a team is coaching. Coaching can actually yeah. do something with the players yeah. you have. The general manager assembles a team. It's all personnel. And there's one or two moves you might be able to make during the season, right? You might be able to trade a piece here and pick up a piece here and pick up a draft pick here, but it's the draft free agency and the off season where the general manager really does their work to be fair. And so you're right. The general manager going in and out, it's kind of, inconsequential so i think they had to change the coach if they were going to at least save face in the in, in the season in, in, they have in the season they have, have. A, they have a great team of players who can play hockey and yeah so but if, so did the oilers the for a decade Braden. So i know i agree it's definitely no, the agree. system i i believe that this change is necessary yeah. and i think that the yeah. the brass felt Bruce Bruja is that guy like this, yeah. this can work the way that he plays offense, the way that he coaches that system, I think could work for this team. Yeah. And, and you very well could. And as I said, you know, I think that 
it was clear that they had lost the, the coaching staff and, and obviously, you know, more so than the general manager. Cause again, there's no real impact. I think day to day the general manager has, but the, the, the coaching staff had lost the room. You could feel it. You could, the players were dejected. You're seeing some of the frustration in these press conferences. They were conference, having a yeah. hard time figuring out what, what, where, what direction they were supposed to be going And a new voice in there. You know, it's going to shake it up. It's going to re-energize it and change it. I think both had to go. It's not unlike what we did see with the Oilers. The last time we saw a big change where Todd McClellan went first and a few weeks later we saw uh um, peter shirelli go to they brought in ken hitchcock at that time because they needed a steady hand i think that is the idea here with bruce brujo elliot mentioned it too there's some there's some candidates out there but there are definitely some teams that are going to start needing them right but it's interesting like you know who's out there on sort of like the available coaching list with with some level of um pedigree i mean the big name that's still out there which is a fascinating one was mike babcock there's an opportunity there for some team to say you know what maybe he sort of served his public flogging and it's time for him to have another chance the other guy that's out there is john tortorell well he obviously wasn't coming back to vancouver but there are big names out there for those teams like like elliot said so i think it was very very i will give i will give the canucks credit for not wasting time it in the hiring part of it, the question is why didn't this happen three weeks ago? Uh, and did you have, a, did you give yourself even more, you know, of an opportunity to get it turned around? Had you done this when we were first talking about this following the back-to-back, you know, seven point losses. All right. Last thoughts, Elliot. Yeah. Just to clarify, I, I think it's less so about, you know, the competition for head to fire head coaches and more the competition for that general manager spot. Oh, like I think that yeah. that's, that's the one that, that's the one that I, that I'm thinking of any chance Mark Bergevin is the new, no. uh, not a, <laughs> general manager? not a chance, mm. not a chance. No, I don't think no, so. You know, the other thing with that's weird with Vancouver is Vancouver does have this similar sort of, um, disease that Edmonton had for years and years and years, which is that they are, it's like a family run organization with the Aquilini. So they are desperate to bring in people that they have sort of like some form of relationship and trust with. And they did have that with Benning and they will go like, like when they brought Trevor Linden back in, look at who's on the list of people currently helping this organization, both Sedins, Stan Smeal, a bunch of guys who've been what with this organization What if they bring in both forever. the Sedins as the new GMs? Yeah. What a mess. You know what name has come up and this is going to sound crazy. But I'm not kidding you. This name has come up in Vancouver in a serious way. All right. Is Kevin Bieksa. Now, that sounds insane. That's the kind of thing that's going on in this city. No, that's my reaction to that. No, you need to do do, in this situation. You need to do what the Oilers did. Yeah, exactly what the Oilers did. (laughs) You need to do exactly what the Oilers did, which is bring in someone who's tenured, who's been around the block. Who can settle things yeah. down? Settle that. I don't think that happens till the off season, though, Elliot. I think now oh, they're, I agree. Gonna just, they're gonna have to wait till till the end of April, and then they'll yeah. go and get go get somebody. But I agree with you; they need a steady hand. This can't be another gamble or something. I don't think the X is a steady hand. I agree no, with I you. I'm just not. letting no, you know no, what's no, being no, said no, around no, these like, parts. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. All right. Let's leave it there. That's topic one. The Ordinary Podcasting Network is excited to announce that we have launched a merch store on our website. The store is full of ordinary swag, including t-shirts, hoodies, and hats. You can pick out something awesome and support your favorite podcast today by heading over to OrdinaryPodcasts.com. Okay, topic two, my favorite sport, baseball. I have apparently become quite the the, uh, thorn in the side of baseball lovers that listen to this show. Uh, And I am not apologetic about it. I think baseball... I think baseball is struggling. I didn't play baseball. I played softball for like one year. 
when I was like three you're years pretty old. Pretty good. You're pretty good. Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. My only memory of playing any form of baseball or softball was that we had one practice one Saturday morning. I was wearing tearaway pants and somewhere between first and second base, they came off and it was absolutely and utterly humiliating to a child. Uh, it's one of my most repressed memories. All right. Now I've shared it with the world. Publicly. Let's move I on. To, I used to wear tearaways in, in gym class and they started to call me tearaway tanty. And I, I, I think I oh might have God. perpetrated that. Jordan, Jordan, you were in that gym class and Sure. Had a hand in pushing yeah. that forward. That's a good so. nickname. It's a hell of a nickname. How dare you? Terry Tanty. All right. That we're gonna have to find a home for that. That might you be just the merch took store. your you just maybe took we can your... sell maybe we can sell tearaway pants merch. in the merch store that say Terry Tanty. Terry Tanties. Only right, if look, it's on the look ass. For that. Yeah. It's on the yeah. ass. Look for that in the Christmas collection. All right, here we go. Braden really wants to talk about baseball, so we're gonna talk Always. baseball. But Braden, it's December. <sighs> there's know. no baseball being played. So why do I well, there is. care? No, there's not. Why the, do I care about the, the fact that the Major League Baseball owners have locked the players out in December when this is clearly and utterly just a tactic to try to negotiate a new CBA? Um, let's get into it because I'm fascinated to hear why I should care and why the media wants this to be so much more of a story than it really is in December. We're talking about baseball. Well, I'll tell you right? why, Jordan, not March, not April, not October. We're talking about baseball in December. Mm -hmm. All right, Elliot, do you want to get in on this? Do you care that there's, yeah, a I think it matters. No, Jordan, I think, I think you're underplaying this. Like, I, I, I think this matters. I think the uncertain uncertainty in MLB in a league that's already struggling uh, that already has a group of people that are actually pushing against it, like Jordan, um, and and in a situation where um, you, you know a, a because of those things, a, a labor disruption and oh, and that's failing against its its uh, the other competing leagues, particularly in the states. I think a labor disruption is the last thing that this league needs. They've struggled through COVID. They've not managed it well, and it's caused problems in lots of spaces. Viewership is down, attendance is down, people are less engaged with the sport because it takes too long. And now you've got uncertainty of a labor disruption. They cannot afford to miss games this year. They cannot afford to continue to be a backbench for people for people because they need they they need to be there. If I was invested in baseball, and I like baseball, but if I was invested as Braden or other people. I would hope that this is part of a larger, massive change for them. But I think that, unfortunately, baseball's just done such a poor job in the last five years, arguably last decade, in keeping up with its other sports rivals, that this is something that I think is really serious. And we might be looking back, if they don't turn this around, and if they, there is a work stoppage, and if there is a significant impact to this season, may we may see, you know, this might be the signaling point of this is the beginning of the end. I don't think the lockout is something that's necessarily of concern for baseball, but like Elliot was just laying the points out there. There's some really serious things like in the infrastructure of the sport right now that needs change. And, and, and I think that, uh, you know, yeah, it's early to see a lockout happen, but this could, I don't, this could take a long time to figure out. Sure. Okay. So I hear you both, but again, you know, the question I pose is, why should we care in December? Why does this matter? Why is this even news right now? This is a, a group of billionaire owners arguing with their millionaire players about 
salaries and things. And I understand that whenever it comes down to these kind of union disputes, the people who actually are most affected are the lowest paid players and the people that are sort of the day-to-day players as opposed to the Mike Trouts and those things. But let's also look at the economics of this for just a second. In In Major League Baseball currently, you have the highest paid athlete in North America in Mike Trout. He is the highest salary, makes $37.7 million. The average salary of a baseball player in the the major leagues, the average is 4.37. Let's compare that to two other sports. The average in the NFL, which is the number one sport watched in America, is 2.1. The average sport in the NBA is seven. So they do have a higher average, but there's a lot less players on each of those teams. The average in the NHL is three. The highest played player in the NHL, Connor McDavid, $12.5 million. Here's the yeah. lowest salaries currently in the in Major League Baseball. The minimum salary is $550,000, okay? The players aren't hurting. Here's the next piece of it. When you look at the revenue from te- television deals, they are number two in the United States behind the NFL at $3.6 billion. So when Elliot says, yes, a lockout would be really bad for this business or the economics of this business, what we are talking about here is hugely, again, hugely entitled business people who are not suffering when it comes to whether or not this or that isn't organized. I understand the labor union part of it, but let's just put it in perspective here. There are a lot bigger issues than worrying about whether or not there's a certain number of off days during a 250 game schedule. You have to wait until you're 29 years old to to become a free agent. That would never fly in other leagues. So why, why is it there there? Right. You know, like those things are problems. D- Josh I, mean, I Donaldson guess they're problems became... unless you think about the fact that, again, what they're doing. So in that situation, that's a great point you bring up. There's this there's the free agency part of it. But why is that there? Well, that's because without putting a cap on the salary. There are big market teams and small market teams. And the fear yeah. is that they recognize there are certain teams in the major league baseball who have not seen the playoffs in 25, 30 years, because they are never going to be competitive with the current financial structure. And the truth is they know that if they didn't lock players into those organizations that they were drafted by, then those players would go and seek more money, bigger opportunities in other cities, instead of making the entire league more competitive through a salary cap or some other restructuring of the entire system. They're just, they're trying to put band-aids on a wound and it ain't working. But hold on, we're, we're, we're either going to talk about the structure and the negotiations going on between players and owners, which I don't think any of us are really in a position or qualified to really talk about this anyway. Or we circle back to George's initial question was, why do we care about this in December? Yeah. Why does this matter and why this is, is this important? Yeah. And I will, and I will, and I will, you know, reiterate my point that I think that this is a, this is a turning point and a substantive moment for MLB. I think they either this is either a moment where MLB players and owners together come to terms with the fact that they are a struggling league uh, that has substantive problems with a younger viewing audience that is being passed by other leagues and, and other forms of media entertainment. Yeah. Or they keep trying to run it back in the same way and doing the same thing and uh, uh, and continue to fail. And I yeah. think that that I think that and I think that a labor stoppage right now is really, really dangerous for the MLB. Look, this is the first labor dispute in 30 years in the MLB as well, too. I think that that's uh, uh, maybe is also important because I think that they 
their perception and their owners and players perception of what's about to happen it looks very different in modern day world than it does um than it did 30 years ago and i think that notion of billionaires versus millionaires jordan is not something that they've necessarily had to experience in in their lifetime in the league's lifetime of labor disputes and that only furthers damages their credibility and damages the credibility of the league and for people like that me who like don't mind a baseball game every once in a while I don't yeah. mind baseball. I just well, don't that's think why that I it... care about it right now. <laughs> yeah, that's I think that, I think that, I think it's a completely valid thing to be talking about and to be thinking about. And and I think it's not you know, that they're not playing either. You know, it's, it's yeah. I just I mean wanna, that I want to see that league uh, yes. thrive and and sure. the way and direction that it is going. The fact that you're asking that question speaks to what a problem MLB is in right now and how. Yeah. Uh, that is like a, you know, if any other league was did not have a contract heading into their next year in their offseason, there would be significant, and we're as far as away as the players and owners are in MLB, there would be significant discussion. Brain wind is spring training NBA, start. NBA or whatever. It's like end of March. Yeah, end of March. Okay, so again, we're in December. That's January, February, yeah, two man, full months of negotiating. But here's the thing I want to, I just want to like suggest as, a, as an ending point. What Elliot just said is is very true. The MLB is trying to figure out what their future looks like. They are struggling. I have been saying this all year long. Why, 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 why are people not more aware of the fact that baseball is slipping? It's struggling to compete with the NBA and obviously the NFL, which they're, they're never going to catch. But the truth is, I think this for me frustrates me as it, it has become a much bigger media story than I think it really is, considering how deep in the offseason we still are. If this was the first week of March and this had been announced, that's when I think people should start to be panicking the way they are currently in the media. And the reason I'm saying that is this feels to me very much like the league preemptively deciding to do something because it does one of two things. One gives them a good negotiating tactic, the same way a strike does when players choose to take it, it puts them in the upper hand in negotiations. But number two, wow, we're talking about baseball in December. They just grabbed the media's attention. This is yeah. very much an opportunity to steal a little bit of attention in a time of the year. They never get the eyeballs. They never get the talk. Fucking How many baseball reporters are being called <laughs> up saying, hey, we need you for a live hit on. I'm so glad. Center. I'm so glad they were like, hey, look over here. Baseball. And I was like, but oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's no baseball being played. But, uh, well, Jordan, I, don't all being I don't think it's that. Played. I don't think it's that that that. I, I don't think I, I don't I don't buy into that conspiracy at all. all, labor, right, all right. labor disruption is a is a really significant thing and, and a significant impact of sports. But I'll, where's the I'll tell you one more. Elliot, I'll, tell you one more reason. I'll tell you one more reason. They're all Wait, on vacation. The current, what the current structure right now? The current structure in that CBA has has huge bonuses. They're massive things. So we just saw a whole bunch of MLB players signed to a whole bunch of different teams. And that's that's basically free agency. Yeah, but the, the disruption. Yeah, well, there's there's that side of it. Like there's the nuts and bolts, like sort of sort of, sort of dollars. But I, I think there is like you do. This is not like they're you know uh, have solved everything but the Olympics. Like we've had issues with the NHL in the past, right? Like there are significant gaps here, and it doesn't look like the players are 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 going to give in anytime soon, and neither are the owners. And I think that I think that I, the, the reason why it's the story that it is. You call it panicky. I think it's people who know the game really well and really intimately can recognize the massive gap that exists currently between owners and players. And these are not things that get sorted out overnight. And, and I think that the reason why it's the story that it is, is that most people are, 
are expecting a lack of games this year. All right. So I think we should leave it here. Here's what I will say. We will tuck this one away in the archive. And when spring training starts on time. No, 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 no. We'll be talking about training much sooner than that. <laughs> when spring training starts on time with no real disruption to the normal schedule of played games, we will pull this out of the archive and we will remind ourselves that this was a huge, Jordan. huge, huge <laughs> waste of time. All right, Jordan. that's topic two. <laughs> the Blue Jays will not get a single player until this thing is over. Oh, no. I'm not okay with that. Hey, guess what? The Ordinary Podcasting Network has a brand new show. If you're a fan of Hattrick Sports, then I promise you, you are going to enjoy the Backyard Basketball Podcast. Braden Della Coldman, who is one of the hosts of this show here, Hattrick, hosts an amazing basketball show with one of his best friends, Christian Steck. Together, the two of them will break down the NBA, news from around the basketball world, and get you caught up on everything you need to know. It's fun. It's fast. They have great conversation and banter. They love basketball, and you will love the Backyard Basketball Podcast. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, and you can also follow them on Instagram at backyardbasketball underscore podcast. All right, here's number three, topic number three. We're going to play a game. It's Elliot and Braden's favorite game. It's called... That's Braden's intro. He's great every time. Uh, He does it fresh. It's ready to go. Who said what is a very simple but very entertaining game where I have gone and scoured the sports media landscape to uh, procure three uh, sound bites for each of the two contestants on the show. Braden and Elliot will each have uh, three opportunities to guess who said what. If they are correct, they'll get a point. At the end, we add it all up, and the winner gets to uh, hold on to the trophy until the next time we play this several months down the road. All right? I believe Braden is 2-0 and o playing this game, although technically he also beat our father when he came on the show. Um, so, Elliot, this is your opportunity for redemption, and I have um, done my best to prepare three that I think you should be able to get. Um, and I've also... I just cata- hate this game. I hate I, this game. I've oh, categorized a strong them. word, Elliot. I've categorized them this week. So Braden happens to host another show on this network that, that revolves around uh, baseball. No, I'm sorry. Basketball. We would baseball never have a show soon. dedicated to baseball. No, you can count on it. Yeah. Braden, I will, I will produce a baseball show, a podcast for our, our network with you. Okay. If you do it every single day of the baseball season. Oh, well, that means you have to as well. Nope. I just have to put it online. You have to record an episode no, every no, no, single no, no, no. And then we're not nah, doing this. No, this All right, let's get back to the business. game. No, 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 no. What a Here's, terrible negotiation. I can't. I thought I can't Elliot said a minute here. ago. Major Are we League on Baseball was all about lots and lots of content. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's flip a coin. If you're on it with me, Jordan. To go first. If you're on it with me, I will I'm do it. talk baseball every day. Are you kidding me? That sounds horrible. I'd rather eat dirt. Um, all right. Let's flip a coin, and the coin toss goes to Braden. So you're Braden. You're up first. You. I didn't even three... choose heads or tails. What, what did you flip? I didn't flip anything. I just gave it to you. It's called a coin toss. All right, here we go. <laughs> three, three basketball clips. Here's your first one. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Oh man. Have you ever ate Oreos before? I was like, 
Yeah. This is Giannis. You know, like when I came to the league, that was the first thing I ate because, like, when I was wow. younger, I was always craving them, and you know, I could never afford them. You know, so I was like, okay, when I make a little bit of money, you know, people go spend money in cars and chains. I mean, the boy, Oreos, right? Uh, that's Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he's. I think that's something from either the off season or before. He's a big fan of nuggets, right? He he loves chicken. He loves his chicken nuggets. Is that right? Yeah. Christian said it's right. Christian says the the that that was Giannis talking about his nuggets. All right, well, we'll give you the point because the game is who said what. You got Giannis, but Giannis. he's talking about Oreos, Braden. He literally said Oreos well, at the I, beginning. What are you listening to? Well, maybe the recording. I couldn't hear that. Well, how about you? Could you hear could you talk about his Oreos or his nuggets? I, I, I heard your Oreos, but I wouldn't have known who that was. All right, Braden. All right. Well, um, the, the I guess I get half a point, maybe. <laughs> No, no, you get the point. You guessed Giannis. Um, so you get that one right. Um, one point for you. The, 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 the funny thing about it is, I guess, he did have that qu- quote in the offseason. But yeah. apparently, he tweeted the other day that he also had just discovered that you can dunk Oreos in milk. Oh like, no gosh. one told him this. <laughs> so, uh, you know, big, big Oreo oh, fan there in, in Giannis. So Fun fact, Braden, he loves nuggets, too. Well, there you go. He's into dunking. Hey, all right. We're <laughs> on to Elliot for your first one. Are you ready, Elliot? This one is a little topical for you. All right. Yeah. Tropical. Way to buy in. We're really hard to play a team to play against. Is everyone buying in right now? I don't. All right. Reporter yeah, asks, is everybody, yeah, is everybody, is everybody buying in? And he, uh, didn't really want to answer that one. Uh, yeah. Anyone, any guesses on to whom that might have been? And I'll give you a hint. It might have to do with what we already talked about. Yeah, it's the Kimak. I just don't know who, which one it is. I know. I, uh, let's take a stab in the dark here. I watched the clip hilariously. Uh, is everyone buying in? I don't know. Let's go Bo Horvat. Sorry, do buddy. I get to guess? You can guess, sure. Huh. Well, okay, so this was the thing. This was the impetus. This, this... You can't have this. You can't have a player have this reaction in in public. This isn't good. <laughs> uh, I think that was JT Miller. I you think right, he might Brayden. get yeah. traded this season too. I think yeah, he might be one of those a lot of rumors about that. that. Go, hey, so this thing could turn something. Into I something. had I had lined this clip up before the news broke today, so obviously uh, it was going to lead us into a, a quick discussion about the the knuckleheads. But we already did that. So there you go, Elliot. Unfortunately, uh, you are already trailing uh it's not looking great for you but here we go with number two for Braden. are you ready Braden? i am all right here we go uh no i just want to say ahead of time the audio on this one not great so listen very closely and if i have to help you i will but it's still a relevant clip okay and i just want to say this better be about baseball this one's basketball here we go what you say to Crip Reading? <laughs> i didn't know what you said my bad they said the Uh, Could you hear it? It sounded like three guys talking in a porta potty <laughs> or something. No, it was a it was just a bad recording, but it was a press conference. The question asked was about a new name for an arena, and the player had a funny response. No, any, any I didn't guesses? hear this. Oh shoot! In basketball, yeah. I guess I would guess. I would say Anthony Edwards. Sorry, buddy. He's a funny, funny guy, man. No, it's another character from the league. Uh, 
can you think of a new name for for a famous arena an arena that's just about to change its name elliot you want to take a guess at least at the location yeah it's the crypto.com arena isn't it and it's the same guy who made the jokes about vaccines or where he he did that whole thing where he did that that whole thing about like i uh yeah, I don't believe that the uh, they, they won the championship because I didn't see it. I saw it on Facebook, <laughs> actually, that there was something else. Anybody know who guy? that is? Who is that? Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. I think it was like Russell idea. Westbrook I have no of the idea. Lakers. Oh, that's not who I thought it was. No, it's Russell Westbrook. He was asked what he thought of the new name for Staples Center, which on New Year's Eve will officially change for the next it's 20 crypto. years. Crypto.com, that's right. Crypto.com Arena. Jeez. He misheard the reporter and thought he said, he, sa- he said, did you say Crypt Arena? <laughs> yeah, man. And there was a bit of an awkward exchange between the white reporter and the uh, black athlete. No, 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 crypto. LA. Crypto, crypto. Yeah, all right. But you know there's going to be jokes made. I mean, oh yeah, that's fair. That'll be interesting. All right, so we're we're all knotted up here, Elliot. You have a chance now. Uh it is one all after two. So uh this one I think Elliot will be a bit more of a uh of a softball for you, but we'll see, maybe not. Uh let's see if we can get this one queued up. Okay, here we go. <laughs> you expect me to score 82 goals this year? Yeah, Leon Dreisaitl. All right. And talking yes, about, yes, talking yes, about, yes. Talking about 50 in 50, because that was the talk last week, because he had 20 mm-hmm. goals in 20 games. Uh, but, of course, so that yeah, started the conversation around 50 and 50. But I thought, have you seen the whole clip? I, I wondered if you could give me a, an opportunity to spike on one of our least favorite reporters. Who asked this stupid uh, question I've ever heard. I haven't I haven't seen the clip, but I can only imagine that we're talking about Mark Spector. Oh no, come on. Worse than that. Who's worse than Mark? There's not many, Jordan. Terry Jones. Oh, Terry, oh, Terry Jones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry Jones was on that- Zoom. Here's the best part of this oh, interview. Terry. So they had several li- guys live in the room with Leon. They asked their questions right as Leon's about to get up. Someone's like, Oh, we got a question from Terry Jones on Zoom. Leon rolled his eyes and sat back down and goes, all right. Terry Jones then rambled about first. He said, when you were growing up in Germany, did you pay much attention to Gretzky's 50 goals and 50 games chase, which was really funny because Leon wasn't born. But secondly, Leon then simply answered, no, we didn't have the NHL in Germany. Then the follow-up question was you've scored 20 goals in 20 games uh you're on pace for 82 goals would that be something that would be special for you yeah what a fucking stupid and question. leon dry subtle responded with you expect me to score 82, 82 goals, goals? <laughs> <laughs> wow. all right elliot has taken the lead here but yes yes i do for fantasy purposes absolutely and just just to note terry jones is in the hockey hall of fame <laughs> Terry Jones was one of the last holdouts with the racist football name and wrote one of the most disgusting defenses of it I have ever read right after the name was changed. He's done for me. He's from a generation long gone. He should retire. Well, that's like the sign. I'm surprised he even knows how to get on the zoo. I think that was part of the joke. He was late. (laughs) All right, Braden, here's a tricky one for you, but this is your chance to tie Elliot. Uh, and and force Elliot to have to get the next one right to win. All right. Now this one's a little bit uh, out of context, but it is basketball related. Let's see if you can get this one. Okay. 
That's one thing nobody can ever take away from me. So I'm really uh, excited about that. And I'm proud of myself for that. Um, and a lot of kudos of that goes to my my tutors and guidance counselors and people who stay on me, uh, even when I want to give up sometimes and writing papers. Fred, I definitely don't know the name of who this is, but it sounds like a really, it would, it's like a, I'd say an NCAA player. Um, it sounds like a great story. Whoever this is, I have no idea. I think take I a think shot I in the dark. This is this shot in the dark? Can you play it one more time? I'll just play the second half of it again. Okay. Should I know the sound of this voice? I mean, so I'm really uh, excited about that. And I'm proud of myself for that. Um, and a lot of kudos of that goes to my my tutors and guidance counselors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know exactly me, who this is. Uh, even when I want to give up sometimes and write papers. How, how, All right, go ahead. Is that J.R. Smith? It is, in conversation with Scott Van Pelt of ESPN. Okay. So as a, as a mature student, now yes. back playing college golf, former NBA That's champion, right. J.R. Smith. Well done, Braden. That's two for three this week. You've given Elliot a chance. At best, he can do his tie. And uh, how anticlimactic that would be. But let's <laughs> let's see what happens here. I believe in you, Elliot. I do, too. best you can do is tie. All right, here we go. Are you ready, Elliot? This no. is by far my favorite clip of the week. It's not even close. Uh, I will give you bonus points. You can tell me everything he says. You ready? Bonjour à tous. C'est avec beaucoup de fierté que j'ai accepté le rôle de vice president des opérations avec les Canadiens. Oh, no. Plus grand franchise dans la histoire du hockey avec les bouts oh, no. de ramener la coupe. <laughs> Stanley in Montreal. <laughs> Jeff Molson, poor, no. say confiance. Hope that was okay. <laughs> okay, okay. So oh, it wasn't okay, but it's actually <laughs> French is as bad as mine. This is Jeff Gordon introducing himself to the Gorton, but I will give you credit. <laughs> introducing himself to the Montreal media. What he says is, hi, my name is Jeff Gordon. I'm excited to be accepting the position of president of hockey operations for the Montreal Canadiens. My job here is to bring the Stanley Cup back to Montreal. That's right. I'd like to thank Jeff Molson. Yeah, and then there's a bit of wow. A that was well done, Elliot. Horrendous. I think you get the bonus point, and that gives yeah, that you the win, buddy. Wow. <laughs> Thank God. How did they let him do that? I know it's it's almost worse than just not. How did speaking he French. end up doing that? I mean, you have to think like, do so they, they got around feel bad like, for him? Well, <laughs> like, well, do no, they, they go? Oh, him. at least he tried, or they go, "What on earth?" Yeah, what the heck? Is no, they always they, do they always say they always say the, the French Canadians. I will give them credit for this. They always appreciate when someone tries. I think that's really it's Was really that it's trying. Really, it's really an important signal. Uh, at least at least say merci. It, Don't no, say there's been some mercy. There's been some pretty <laughs> horrific though. Like nobody Maybe taught him. Somebody just wrote it down. There's for been it. some horrific Montreal Canadiens captains sort of statements oh, yeah, when man. they've been appointed captains by players in the past. Oh. You can go through and find some. They are, there's some, there's some doozies uh, that, but that's, that's definitely one of the worst. Wow. All right. Well, well, that's going to go. Congratulations, well. Elliot. 
um, by virtue of your bonus point for being able to fluently speak uh, Jeff Gorton, uh, you, uh, you win this, this week's edition of uh, Who Said What? Uh, thank you both for playing. Thank you both for joining me. It was another great and exciting week. I look forward to much more baseball conversations in the coming weeks here as we get closer and closer to Christmas. Thank you, uh, everybody, for listening. As always, you can check out the merch store on our website. And um, we're going to have a couple of big shows coming this week. Obviously, Braden and Christian will hit us up on Wednesday with another uh, great episode of the Backyard Basketball Podcast, a sport that is actually playing currently. So that's always fun to talk about. And Should then we talk about F1. We will have a podcast for the Pit Stop podcast right here on this feed this week. We've been off for several weeks with it, but as we get just you know painstakingly closer and closer to finding out who will be the world champion uh we got two more races one that was this weekend it was a nail biter it was so much fun um we won't spoil it but we will talk about it this week uh so if you haven't watched it yet <clears throat> Braden, go watch the race uh mm -hmm. if you can't watch the race because you didn't record it uh check out the highlights and then check out the pit stop podcast later this week um, until next week, thanks for listening to Hattrick and uh, that's our show. Hattrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. Well, don't put me on the spot here. You you picked this topic. Well, nobody else suggested anything. Uh, well, we wanted to talk F1. Look, Brady, some of us did our work in here and know that this is the first <laughs> Save it, years. Elliot. You know, save we'll it. Save it. Save it. Here we go. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.